Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. hospital, a lot of times they won't let you leave until you're, until you're eating because they know you're getting healthy. So whenever you're hungry for the Word of God, that means you're, you're a healthy Christian, right? So we're healthy Christians. We, a couple weeks ago, believe it or not, it's been a couple weeks now since we've uh, been talking about individual spiritual gifts. I believe that, um, that the Spirit of God is moving. I believe He's operating and moving in, in people. And, and one of the things he operates, manifests his presence in is in his gifts. And so we, we're going over the nine gifts of the Spirit, uh, manifestational gifts of the Spirit. We went over um, word of wisdom, which are revelation gifts. They're broken down in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. we got revelation gifts. It's what we're dealing with right now, which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment of spirit, discernment of spirit. Oh, before I do that, today's Miss Dottie Sheehan's 87th birthday. Give it up for Miss Dottie. <laughs> you talking about wisdom. There's wisdom right there. 87. She's been with us a long time, so she keeps, she keeps right on coming right here on that second row. She's a fixture, so we celebrate her today. Amen. For a long time. Uh, so, talking about I said wisdom, it reminded me it was her birthday. Yeah, that's what you think about wisdom. See, sometimes it gets that. But, but God can give us, God can, hey, the cool thing about God, we don't have to wait for 87 years to get some wisdom. He can impartate wisdom in us through him. Everybody say amen. amen. That's good stuff. He gives us the mind of Christ. So a couple weeks ago, we went over this. Um, yeah, there we are. Let's go sideways here. Yeah, you better remind me, won't you? I saw you. I said, y'all better remind me of something. There you go. Here's a bigger. Um, so anyway, we, we talked about uh, the word of wisdom. Uh, just, just real fast, just kind of going back over. I'll change colors here just so we can see it. The word of wisdom, it applies to the revelation of God's word or the Holy Spirit wisdom to a specific situation of our problem. To a specific situation or problem. And Julian has to do with the, the future. So, so God, will give, God will give you wisdom concerning a, a situation or uh, or, a, or a problem and, and generally it's under A it said a word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the spirit of God concerning divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God so word of wisdom deals with again going over this for a couple weeks ago it, it generally wisdom deals with future making sure that, that we're on the right right path okay sometimes we start to veer off a little bit and, but, but God will give us a word. God, God will give us wisdom. God will give us, um, a, either through the scripture or just through revelation. Uh, well, maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to extend this way. So, so that, that's wisdom. And um, it, it's an important reason why I want to, you know, we're, we're taking time on Wednesday night to go over this. is because if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't know it, you'll miss it. And a lot of times God is speaking to us and speaking through us. And we don't realize it's, it's a revelation or it's a word. You can be reading a scripture and it's a revelation. God's trying to apply this to your life because of what he has in store for you. And so that's very important. So we went over that a couple of weeks ago. I gave you some examples with Stephen, um, Elijah, uh, Noah. Noah's told about the judgment of man and how to prepare for it. Uh, just real fast. So Noah, finding that before it had ever rained before, uh, told him to build, a, build an ark. How many know that, that didn't help him then? He's got a big old boat in the middle of, you know, in the middle of 
like ash, you know? It's like, well, why didn't you tell me to build it, you know, in Oceanau? Why ash? You know, because it's, it's going to rain. And so it didn't make any sense then, but later it did. Come on, somebody. Has God ever told you anything and you did something? It makes absolutely positive no sense now. It might be a day, might be a week, might be a month, might be years. You're like, oh, thank God I went and got that gopher wood. Thank God that gopher brought me some wood so I can build this boat. Anyway, so anyway, so that's just a good example of, of, of what that is. First um, Corinthians two one through sixteen we went through that, and uh, you know that God wants to give us His mind, the mind of Christ. Why is it very important? You ha- have His mind, so we, we we can know. We have the ability to know what God knows. Amen. Almost went to another scripture for that, but I, I understand this: we have the ability, and and that's through His Spirit. And that's why it's so important. So sometimes he wants to give us, he wants to give us wisdom that only God knows. And not taking anything away from a hungry church. You love to come on Wednesday night and read your Bible and pray. But, but sometimes that goes instead, even, even outside of that, he still just infuses in it. He infuses that in you. Okay? It's the infused ability. Always remember, always remember the anointing. I, I keep on going with the anointing. That, that the anointing is the infusibility of God. The infused. They can infuse that in you. It just, you know, like just 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 shoot it in you. Amen? That's what infuse. When I think about an infusion, they they shooting something in you. And so so the anointing. Is the the infusibility of God? How many sometimes needs a good God infusion in your life? Probably about like two o'clock today. God infusing me right now. Here I am. I'm gonna just lay here, just hook it up, and just 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 throw just throw it at me. Um, I want to talk about the word of knowledge. I want to talk about word of knowledge and um, word of knowledge is is, is very important. Um, also, along with along with uh, wisdom. Um, whenever we, we we operate under the, um, the the word of knowledge, it but the word of knowledge actually talks about things that we're um, we're, we're dealing with now, where where wisdom deals with the future. Then we understand that wisdom, I mean, that wisdom of the future, knowledge deals with the with the right now. So um, anyway. Let's see what, here, here's what it actually means. It's a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning certain facts about people, places, or things in the past or the present, which is right now. Um, a, a lot of times if you're, if you're in, a, in a service or, or if, a lot of times when people go to, and, and we've had them here, I, I know some guys that, that, that flow in the prophetic and, and that's, that's not their manifestational gift. That's their ministry gift. Um, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the apostle, the prophet, so the prophet. And so just prophetically, they just, they just operate prophetically. And they're just, they can just speak um, over, over people's lives. Uh, you know, there's, you know, most of the time, you know, as a pastor, I want to make sure that someone I know, somebody that's credible, somebody I trust. And a lot of times, if you're in a service like that, and, and they might speak a word over you, that's that's a word of knowledge. 
That's going to be, in most cases, it's going to be the word of knowledge because obviously the definition I choose to use here is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning certain facts about people, places, or things in the past or present. And so God will use that person or use a word to, to speak into your life concerning something that's happened in the past or something that's happened right now. And then therefore, then with that, and the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom always works very close together. And then that word of wisdom will come in there and, and show you what to do with the knowledge that you have. Do you hear what I just said? So you have, to, and you have to look for stuff like that. You have to look for the Spirit of God to move that way. And so that's why I always like to say um, knowledge is the, is the lumber. Wisdom is how to make something with that lumber. Okay. And so, anyway, that's the reason why that happened. So, so a word of knowledge is a definite conviction, impression of knowledge that comes to you in a mental picture, sometimes a dream or a vision or by a scripture that is quickened to you. It is supernatural knowledge that you need regarding situations, circumstances, or problems. And it can be, it's referenced in 1 Corinthians 2 and 8. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, which is, so that these are revelation gifts. So, let's go to Acts chapter number 5. I'm actually going to go with the Passion Translation. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I came in with three Bibles. I only come in here with two today. So, But I want, I want to read this story because it fits here. So, this, this, is, this is word of knowledge, okay? This is the story of the judgment of Ananias and Sapphira, Okay? Um, Ananias and Sapphira. Now, a man named Ananias and his wife, I'm in the Passion Translation. Did I say that? In case y'all put it up there somewhere. And a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira, likewise, oh, wait a minute, likewise saw their farm. Before we read this, a lot of times if you, we always know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They, they dropped dead. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Um, but watch this. Before that, let's just go to verse, let's go to 4, chapter 4 and verse 36. Um, it says, for example, there was a Levite from Cyprus named Joseph who sold his farmland and placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles. And so they nicknamed him Barnabas because he was the encourager. This is the same Barnabas that was Paul and Barnabas. You know, you read the book of Acts. So if you just start reading chapter 5, verse 1, you don't, it don't make any sense. Why did they do this? Why did they even, you know, why would, why did Ananias and Sapphira, why did they sell their land and then go and, you know, give it to the apostles? They did it because Barnabas did it. You better watch people who try to mock other people. So they weren't doing it because God led them to do it. They did it because obviously Paul, I mean, Barnabas now is called the encourager. See, a lot of times when you get your eyes off of what God has for you and what God's doing for somebody else, it's going to get you in trouble. Okay? So we read that, and so it says that in verse, and it ends chapter 4. And so then in chapter 5, it says, now. So it's, it's, it's joining up. Since Barnabas done that, now a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm. Likewise, like who? Barnabas, 
right? He sold his farm, took every dime that he made out of that farm, and went and laid down at the apostles' feet to use for the gospel. And Ananias and Sapphira, and everybody was like, oh, he's no longer Joseph. He's now Barnabas. He's the encourager. They're like, well, I want to be called the encourager too. So I'm going to sell my farm. I'm going to take all my money and give to, to them like them, which would have been fine. Now, what's it like the fifth time I read this verse? Now, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira likewise sold their farm. They conspired to secretly keep back for themselves a portion of the proceeds. So when Ananias brought the money to the apostles, it was only a portion of the entire sale. Now, God revealed their secret to Peter. This is a word of knowledge. Okay? See, well, see, we always think, you know, we always think these guys are deities. You know, we think they're not. Peter, Peter was a, be honest with you, he was, we would categorize him if he went to his church as a nut. I mean, watch Peter. You know, I mean, he just lived a lot of crazy stuff. He always meant well. Okay? But, I mean, just be honest with you. So, so anyway, so here he is receiving revelation. Why? Because God spoke to him. God spoke to him, a manifestational gift of the spirit of knowledge concerning what Ananias is doing. So anyway, so the Bible says that God revealed their secret to Peter. So he said to him, Peter did, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart and to make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretended to give it all. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could preach that right now. You better be careful when you just pretend to give it all to God. You might as well stay to the house. Then to pretend. You only pretended to give it all. Guys, we can't can't lie to the Holy Spirit. Now, watch this. Yet you hid back part of the proceeds from the sale of your property to keep for yourself. How did he know it? He won't there. Nobody knew. He just saw one guy did it. I mean, he didn't like. What he, nobody was watching. They had no idea he was going to do it. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord spoke to him. Before you sold it. Well, I love this. Verse 4. And here's Peter. He's like, he's mesmerized. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or keep? I mean, it. You didn't have to do this. Nobody made you do this. God didn't tell you to do this. You conjured up this whole, you know, story. So people think you're something that you're not. That's the definition of a what? Hypocrite. Anyway. Before you sold it, wasn't it yours to sell or keep? And after you sold it, wasn't the money entirely at your disposal? You didn't have to come and give all of it. You could have dropped 10%. You could have did a tithe. You could have dropped a, you could, you could have dropped a 10 spot. Whatever. Didn't matter. But you, conger, conger, you just, conger, just come up with this story that you, you're just like him. How can you plot such a thing in your heart? You haven't lied to people. You've lied to God. 
A natural translation I found here and study this out, it, here's what it actually says. You're not just a phony with just men. You're a phony with God. Whenever you lie to men and you lie to God, you're not just lying. You're a phony. Hmm? Now, that's one thing to be a phony to a man. Oh, don't, don't, don't listen to him. He don't have a clue. He's a liar. Don't, don't listen to him. That's one thing to be that way. I don't know about you, but I don't want God saying that about me. Hmm? The moment Ananias heard those words, he fell over dead. Everyone was terrified when they heard what had happened. Some young men came in, removed the body, and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came into the room with no clue what had happened to her husband. Peter said to her, tell me, were the two, were the two of you paid for this amount for the sale of your property, for your land? He's trying to give her a way out. She should have said, no. No, we made a lot more off than that. So you see it was a plot between both of them. And Peter's trying to, trying to help a sister out here. Tell me, were the two of you paid this amount for to sell your land? Sapphira says, yes, that's how much it was. Peter told her, why have you agreed together? This is a plot. This is premeditated. Let's get up and lie to the Holy Spirit. Let's lie to God. Let's just be, let's just be a phony here. Let's be a phony why have you agreed together? I'm going to do, I'm going to do my, my, my translation to be a phony to the, to, the, to the Lord. I hear the footsteps of those who buried your husband at the door. They're coming here to bury you too. That's where the knowledge, that's knowledge. <clears throat> do y'all believe this story? Yes. No, really. Do you believe this story? Yes. He heard he. He heard his footsteps, and at that moment, she dropped dead at Peter's feet. you believe that? When the young man came in, she was already dead, so they carried out her buried and buried her next to her husband. The, the entire, let me, before, before I read this, I want to go back to Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. This is a prayer. Let me go to verse 29. Acts 4 and verse 29. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. This is Peter praying. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand, a power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. And it, is that not the prayer that he prayed? So we're talking about signs and wonders. We want to see the, the dead raised, the lame walk, the dumb talk, people get saved. And, and we love that about the book of Acts. But what we also forgot to the, the, the mention whenever we're asking God for is that God and every phony that is standing before you, may they drop dead. Right? That's why I asked you a while ago. Y'all believe this? 
Y'all believe the dead raised? That dead people got up and lived? Because the Bible says the book of Acts has happened. So, so here's the thing. So we have to really be careful when we start dealing with spiritual gifts. We, we like the popular ones. We like the feel-good ones. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, that's, to be honest with you, that's like, that's like picking on the, the homosexuals and, and, and leaving the fornicators alone. You, you can't pick and choose. I mean, the word is the word. Right is right and wrong is wrong. So, lying to the Holy Spirit or being a phony to the Holy Spirit and as we, and we start saying, there's going to be a great move of God before, you know, before this thing wraps up. I mean, there, there's, there's, the Spirit of God is moving upon the face, face of the deep. God is, God is moving upon, upon the churches. Then that means that, that all gifts are going to take place, including this. I just. Amen. Oh, my, you're a heretic. Say something. I mean, right? I mean, right? So you mean, so you mean this can happen? Yes. All right, now, so, so now, so watch this. So watch this. Now we can read verse 11. The entire church was seized with a powerful sense of the fear of God. You think? <laughs> Plop. There's, there goes old negative Ned. He just dropped dead. Let's go bury him. Anybody else got something they want to say? <laughs> We're good, Pastor. You know what? Glory to God in the high is all I got to say. <laughs> I was a sense of fear, which came over all who heard what had happened. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much that church grew. It's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to stay down the street because, I mean, I want the power, but come on, that's, that's a lot. Understand this about the fear of God. The definition of the fear of God is the knowledge of God. And whenever we hear the word, the fear of God, we really don't know why we think that people, it, it wasn't, I mean, and, and because of this, because of a lot of things, the church did grow. It did multiply. So the fear of God is the knowledge of God. And that was an acknowledgement of God that occurred that day. And all that happened and all that took place because of a man received a word of knowledge concerning a person and he flowed in it. That's it. Nothing that's any different and God is no respecter of persons. That's why I always, about this time, remember the old song? It is no secret what God can do. What's the next part? He'll do for you. Right? It is no secret what God could. This whole book right here, God has no respect for persons. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go to work tomorrow and say, God, please give me a word of wisdom concerning that lady that's about to aggravate me. <laughs> I'm going to drop her right here today because I've had it. I'm going to drop her. That's probably not a word of knowledge. It's probably flesh. It is flesh. It's not a word of knowledge. So just so you know. Amen. Right? I mean, and that's, 
I mean, we, we read these stories and we're like, oh, wow, it's biblical. Them guys, they're biblical people. No, they're just like us. But they begin to flow in the Spirit of God. Oh, let's use another one. Since that one was so fun. Let's put, let's put that Bible up. That one's on fire, man. Let's go. Joshua 7. Joshua 7 and verse 10. Um, this, is, this, is the, um, this is the sin of Achan. They, they just came out of, real fast. Does anybody know? I mean, I mean no, forget it. They just, <laughs> it don't matter. I'm going to tell it anyway. So, so Israel just, they just came over the Red Sea, d- destroyed the most powerful nation in the world, which was Egypt, right? <clears throat> Waters came in, knocked them out. And then the most powerful city waited them, Jericho. And how they do that? Jericho marched, man. They're, they're marching around it, marching around it. <clears throat> Walls came tumbling down. I mean, people are petrified of these jokers. They just knocked out Egypt. They just tore down Jericho. I mean, they're on a roll. They come to Ai. Ai are a punts compared to, to Jericho and Egypt. And they're like, no, man, we're going to take them out. Matter of fact, we're not going to bring all. Joshua, we're not going to take all of it. We're just going to go and take. Remember, they're going into the land of Canaan. So now they're dealing with all these Canaanites. So they've got to, take, they've got to start taking over all these, all these territories who owns their land. So that's what's happening. So Jericho was the first to come to AI, and AI kicked their butts. Okay? You took a picture of me hey, when I said, kick your butts. Why are y'all doing that to me for? <laughs> How do we do that? <laughs> My people, I love them. <laughs> come over here, away from the paparazzi. Thank you, buddy. She's going to get me. Um, so anyway, so why did they why did they lose? So so Joshua is um, is freaking out, and the people are. So Joshua said number seven verse ten. So the Lord said to Joshua, "Get up! Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned." And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things. Have both stolen and deceived. And they have put them among their, amongst their own stuff. So long story short, I don't have time to read it all. So Achan, which was one, that's why it's called Achan's sin. Achan was one of the guys and he took, he took, they, they, when, they, they, there was, when they went in, to, to Jericho, remember Jericho was a cursed city, but it was a very rich city. And they had, they, it wasn't just cursed, it was devoted. All this material wealth, all this gold, all this stuff was devoted to their God. And God said, don't touch it. They have devoted it to their God. You don't need it. I'll take care of you. You know, sometimes whenever God calls us out, we got to realize we don't need what we used to need to keep us going. God, we, now we got to trust God to keep us going. Boy, I could preach that right now, right? Yeah, but it looks good. It's gold. It's silver. It's pretty. No, man, they have even, they've even sacrificed their own children. Their children were sacrificed and are in the, in the walls. 
They would, they would sacrifice them and put them in the walls, sacrifice them to the gods so that these walls are fortified so they cannot come down. We've even sacrificed our children in the name of our strength. God says, don't touch nothing they've got. Right? Got to, got to depend on me. AI was like, no, I got to take a little bit. He took it. He took some stuff. Thought he got away with it. And not only just took it and like took it to the pawn shop or to the bank. He took it and put it amongst his own stuff. Guys, you're going to take stuff that's devoted to the world. If, if you're going to partake in it, my goodness, don't take it home and, and put it amongst your family. I'm preaching good. Where's the camera? Come on, Haley. <laughs> Pictures. <laughs> she ran. She's gone. Wait. <laughs> um, so now there's sin in the camp. There's sin in the house. <clears throat> Joshua's like, how in the world do we defeat Egypt? How in the world do we take out, uh, take out Jericho? And we're losing to these guys. Right? And Joshua, he's on his face. Crying. Then he gets a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Hey, Joshua. They're sin in the camp, bro. If you get rid of sin, battles that you're losing, that you should have won, you'll start winning. Boy, that's good. Hmm? Anyway, so um, that's what it says. Israel has sin. So, so my, my point here is that what I want to, I want to bring all that up, but um, how did how did Joshua know through a word of knowledge? Sometimes, see, we always think word of knowledge is going to tell us something about somebody else or whatever. Sometimes a word of knowledge tells you something about yourself. The reason why you're not getting the healing you want, you know, you're not getting the joy you want, you know, some things you're not happy you know, check what is it that has been devoted to another God that you're going to put within your own stuff. So it's not just the cursed thing, it's the devoted thing. So anyway, Joshua knew about Achan's sin by the word of knowledge. Okay? Man, let me give you one more. I, w- I want to give you that. I won't go into I want to give you the second. Sec- that makes sense? See, I don't want to just, I mean, we read the Bible, we run through it like, oh yeah. What did, what did they have that we don't? It's not as much, it's not what do they have that we don't, it's what they understood that they have and we don't understood. What do we have at our disposal that we can, we can take in and we can use? Honey, when you, when you know it's available, you'll go after it. And you'll start looking for it. And you'll start listening for it. Instead of just going out and doing something stupid and just, you know, you'll start listening. God, I need, I need a word of wisdom. I need, I need knowledge concerning this thing. And then start listening for it. Start looking for it. Amen? So anyway, that's what happened. Let's give you another one here. Um, 2 Kings, 2 Kings, chapter number 5. <clears throat> 2 Kings, chapter number 5. And this is a little lengthy, so I'll read it real quick. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman, this Syrian. Why not receive from his hands what he brought? But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. 
Let me, let me stop here. I got to set this up. Remember, Naaman had leprosy. Um, leprosy obviously was, was, was a death curse. You're going to have it. Elisha healed him. Naaman then was a very rich man. He, he wanted to give Elisha something. I want to give you something, Elisha, for doing this. Just a, just a token of my appreciation. Yeah, says, I mean, Elisha says, I don't want nothing. We're good. Okay? We're good. I don't want anything. Gehazi is Elisha's servant. Now, let me go ahead and tell you this about Gehazi. Gehazi is to Elisha like Elisha was to Elijah. Hmm? Didn't realize that. Well, I don't know anything about Gehazi. I'm just going to show you. We know Elijah, Elisha. Then it was Elisha. Then it was Gehazi. All right. So... After all that, Naaman wanted to give him this, give him this stuff. But, so now read it again, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman, the this, this Syrian. Why not receive from his hands what he brought? But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw him running after him, he got down from his chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master has sent me, which he didn't, saying, Indeed, my master has sent me, saying, Indeed, just now two young men of the sons of the prophet have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two chains of garments. So Naaman says, Please take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver, two bags with two changes of garments, and handed them two of his servants, and they carried them ahead of him. Bottom line, he was giving a lot of stuff. Okay? And when he came to the citadel, he took from their hand and stored them away in the house. Why is Gehazi storing away? Because if you read the, 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 the other part of the whole chapter, chapter 5, you will see Elijah says, don't take nothing from him. Naaman had leprosy. Through, through the presence of God, I healed him. Let him go his way. We're, we're good. Gehazi said, no, if he's got something, I want it. Okay? Verse 25. Now he went and stood before his master Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? Now, let me stop right here. The whole thing started in verse 20, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. I mean, he served him. That means he did whatever he tell him to do. He, he's, he's, he's a servant. There's, there's no such thing as being a servant. Uh, there's no such thing as saying, no, Lord. It's always, yes, Lord. Here he said, no, Lord, which he removed him. You're not under the authority you're not under. He removed himself from that authority. Now he went and stood before his master Elijah and said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? He said, your servant did not go anywhere. Liar, liar. Right? Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? It is time to receive money and to receive clothes. Clothing, olive groves, and vineyards, sheep, oxen, male and female servants. Therefore, he asked him a question. Is it time to receive these things? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants 
forever. And he went out from the presence, lepers as white as snow. So what's the whole point? He said, you want everything? You, you want what Naaman had? I'll give you what Naaman had. Not only do you get his stuff, you get his leprosy. You're like, that ain't right. But that's what, again, you, you see what happens when you're, when you're phony for God, it gets you in trouble. But my whole point here is not talking about that, is, is, is again, how did Elisha know? Well, he was a prophet. Why is he a prophet? Where, where does it, a prophet is someone who hears from who? God. How do he hear from God? He got a word of knowledge concerning what happened right then and right there. See, we read all through the Bible, we bust through this stuff, and we read, oh, what a great story. No, if God could give that to, if, if Elisha can walk through that, walk in that, so can I. You realize how many headaches, how many problems, how many mess-ups we can divert if we just, uh, just listen to the Holy Spirit? Hmm? How many wants it? I'll make you raise your hands this time. Do you want it or not? I mean, I do anything. Just, just, just trust God. Believe God can do it. All right? Now, the reason why I brought it up to you, another thing I wanted to bring up is, is, um, is 13 and 21. 2 Kings 13 and 21. Well, let's go to 2 Kings 13 and 20. This has nothing to do with the gifts. This is just has to do with Gehazi. 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 20. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of that year. And so it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb, the man that died, in the tomb of Elisha. And we stop here. So, so basically, ball in, the Moabites are coming through the land. They're in a, they're in a fight and they're, they're coming through. And, and whenever they're, they're coming through, one of, the, one of the Moabites died. And they took him, and they, they're like, what are we going to do with him? Here's a tomb. There's like a tomb over here. There's, here's a hole. They didn't know what it was a tomb. They didn't know it was a hole. And they threw the dead man because anytime you're carrying dead weight, it's going to slow you, slow you down. And so they took the dead man. They ain't got time to carry him. They said, well, let's bury him over here. Here's a, here's a hole in the cave. And they picked him up, and they just threw him in there. He was dead. Boom, he fell. And when he fell, you know, just however he fell. And, he, and, he, and his hand rolled over, and, and obviously something, his foot or something other, touched the bones of Elisha. And then the, then the Bible says when he did that, and when the man was laid down, he touched the bones of Elijah, and he revived and stood on his feet. He was dead, and when he touched the bones of Elijah, you understand what I just said? He was dead. He was, he was dead as Ananias and Sapphira. He was dead. To the point they lowered him down into this tomb, and he, they didn't know. There was, there, was, there was bones in there, and he touched them, and the dude got up. Talking about how powerful of anointing that Elisha had, that even while the man was dead, his bones were still powerful. That's not fleshly anointing. That's not I'm excited anointing. 
That's not just Sunday morning only an anointing. Man, that stuff gets all the way down to the marrow of the bone, man. That, that joker is saturated with the anointing of God. To the point that a dead man touched it and the dude got up and took off. Hey, wait for me, guys. <laughs> they took off running. I thought... I mean, you lower a dead man down in, the, in a hole and dead man starts running after you. I don't know about you, but it's going to make me run faster. <laughs> so like I was in Colorado and we went to um, Yellowstone National Park. And the guy was talking about grizzly bears. And, and really, like, the week before that, somebody got attacked by a grizzly bear and it wasn't really good. And so we're coming to God. He's a, he's a, um, he's a, um, yeah. And he's, no, he's not. He's, he's, he's a God. I don't know if it's part of me. He was a God. And he's talking, about, you know, he knows all this stuff. And he's talking about it. And he says, he says, so when you go out, if you can go out in these woods, you know, here, make sure you got somebody with you. And, you know, there's different things you'll watch out for. And I said, I couldn't. I had to, I said, I said, you know, I says, one thing about you in the woods, make sure you at least got one other person with you. And everybody, there's people that are all around us, you know. And, and I says, I said, because if you got something else with you and the grizzly bear comes after you, you don't have to outrun the grizzly bear. You just have to outrun who's with you. Right? While he's munching on him, I'm going. Up, I'm, I'm heading down the road. <laughs> this dude, man, he is. You know, he's just. He's, anyway, I have no idea what that meant. I have no idea why I didn't say that. Running. Side out, running. I hear my point. We got to get back serious here because this was serious what I was supposed to say and I got way off here, here's the sad part I don't know why I've been talking about a lot of sad stuff tonight, but sad stuff here's the sad part about this is that when Elijah Elijah went up on a chariot of fire right God came and got him he got him and the mantle that was on him if, if, if it was like 715 to 745 I'd teach you on that but the mantle fell and Elisha who was the servant of Elijah. The anointing flows through servants. Okay? Always flows through servants. Oh, you may not have to scream for it or roll over the floor and sing real loud it. Anointing always flows from being a servant. And, every t- and Elijah kept on telling, remember the story, Elijah, stay over here. I'm going, uh-uh, I'm going with you. That's what a servant does. A servant never leaves his master. Servant never leaves his master. So all the power and knowing that Elijah had, Elisha got. And we love this story. And it's Pentecostal. We love to teach. Oh, talking about the anointing of God down to our bones. Boy, don't we want it. But it's a sad story. Because you know what? Elisha died with that anointing on his life. He should have never died with that anointing on his life. It should have been transferred to Gehazi. Gehazi should have had it. And so what's the point? Man, we always want to be servants of God. I don't ever want to miss what God has for me because I'm not willing to be a servant like you want. Whatever he has for me, I, would, I just want to be a God. I just want to be your servant because you know exactly what I need. Amen? 
So anyway, that's what that is. So, um, so anyway, so I just gave you a couple of um, um, examples here of what word of knowledge, because I feel like if we read in the Bible, we know it's there, and then we can, we can desire to, to walk in the word of wisdom and flow in, in the word of knowledge, or, or whenever it comes to us, we'll recognize it, and we know it's God. Next week, we're going to deal with um, discerning the spirits. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Let's all stand. How many glad we don't have grizzly bears around here in Granny's Parks? If you see one, make sure there's someone with you. Amen. This is turn our palms up tonight and ask God to bless us. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the promises of your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word will not return to you void, Lord, but it will, it will accomplish everything that we, we know it says it can accomplish. It would do everything you said it would do. We can have everything it says we can have. We can be everything it says we can be. So, Father, I pray, Lord, for, for your gifts to flow through, through us, Lord. God, not, not like Ananias and Sapphira, Lord, to lift us up, God, but, Lord, to lift you up. So we can see great and mighty things take place on this earth today, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpriestchurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.